When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's what? Over the last few weeks, we've heard from some of The View's past and present co-hosts. If you're just starting here, there's lots for you to catch up on. That was the split screen day. <laughs> Rosie got into a big fight with Elizabeth. And I remember that whole day, girl, was just tension. And I looked at them and I said, what are you, firing me? And they went, uh, yeah. And I said, good. Jeez. I've been waiting to get out of here. So Rosie O'Donnell left in the middle of your season. Did you ever become friends? I mean, look, I am not gonna sugarcoat this. She scared the bejesus out of me. Today, Sarah Haynes sits down with Raven Simone and Candace Cameron Bure. Here's Sarah. Raven and Candace became famous as successful child stars, and they both joined the show as co-hosts in 2015, sharing the table with Whoopi, Joy Behar, Paula Ferris, Michelle Collins, and me. They both made the decision to leave the show after one season. Today, we talk about all the ups and downs Raven and Candace experienced together, from their toughest moments to the pressure they felt to speak up for certain communities, and how the 2016 election changed everything for them. And now, here's our conversation. Well, first of all, hello! Hi! <laughs> I miss Hi. you guys! I miss you too, Sarah. I miss you too, okay. Candace. Now, you guys both joined uh, the show. I'm going to be learning here because although I got the opportunity and the privilege to work with both of you, I don't know some of this stuff. So you joined both of you in 2015. Were you each fans of the show uh, before you joined? And how did each of you become a host? Raven. <laughs> were um, you you were on okay. at Raven before I was. So I was. I joined during the Nicole and Rosie Perez era. And, um, that was, that was interesting. I have to be honest. No, it really wasn't something that was in my demographic to watch, but I also knew of it and its history within the community of daytime slash female empowerment voices. And of course I wanted to be a part of something so amazing. Um, yeah, it was, a it was an interesting thing. So I had to like catch up on my view knowledge real quick before I said yes. <laughs> How did you become a host? Did they just call you one day or did you visit or? They called me to guest host a couple of times and I was actually on, a, I was in my house, you guys. I was like retired. I had just finished Sister Act like a few years before. I had my little mental breakdown. I stayed in my house. I went to school and I didn't want to go back to the industry. I was not even trying to come back. And then The View called to do a guest appearance and I was like, Sure, I'll sit next to Whoopi Goldberg and Rosie Perez and Nicole Wallace and everybody. Sure, I have no problem with that. And then it just kept going. And they were like, could you stay a little longer? Could you stay a little longer? I'm like, you going to pay for my clothes? Okay, we'll stay. So then, uh, <laughs> I left and came back for the years that I was there. And what about you, Candace? Yeah. So kind of the same thing. They had just asked me to guest host. And I did. And I didn't think anything of it. I had watched The View before plenty of times. I wasn't like a super fan of it, but but it was always interesting. So if I had daytime TV on, I would turn it on and watch it occasionally. So when they asked me to guest host, I was like, yes, absolutely. This is a great opportunity. I would love to. And I never felt any pressure from it. So it was fun. I felt like this is just a cool thing to do. And then when I got the call for a meeting, I was like, oh, okay, why do you want to meet me? Like literally had no clue that they were even looking to fill a seat. And I, it just was not on my radar. <laughs> I was clueless. So when they asked me, I was shocked and flattered all at the same time. And honestly didn't know how I would work it out living in LA and working in New York. And I already had a few other jobs as well, but somehow we managed to. And I said yes, and it, it it was quite a ride. 
Well, one quick question for both of you is, uh, you know, people like me see you guys and follow your careers and your other people, your characters. Uh, Raven, you have a unique situation being so Raven. But, you know, like you, you often are performing. This is a show that is all about you as individuals. Was there any part of that as you took that seat? Not that you weren't, weren't individuals in your own lives and in other places, but this is a big platform. Was there Were there any nerves being yourselves? Listen, one of the reasons I took the job was so that I could show the growth of myself outside of a child star stigma because I knew that it was about well, I thought I knew that it was about what I felt and what I believed and things of that nature. So, yeah, I took it in guns blazing, knowing that this was going to represent who I am as a person, not as an entertainer or a character. So, um, yeah, it was a big seat to fill for myself. I learned a lot about myself and what I can and cannot handle. I love a challenge. And on the overall scale, the view is a challenge. I'm used to having, you know, my emotions written down for me, directed and told what to do. And I mean, as we'll get into it, you know, there's other aspects that are similar, but there are also aspects that are different. And it, I think it ultimately in the end, sitting in that seat, having to um, form my own thoughts with the entire world watching and knowing that there's judgment later created an interesting wall. I wouldn't say like a brick wall that my therapist is trying to break down right now, but like just the wall of communication for myself to the public. And I think it helped and um, kind of furthered the conversation because a lot of people in my position, instead of going on a platform like The View to show that they're an adult, they go and they, you know, do a sex scene and take their take their clothes off to show that they're adults. <laughs> so I think I just tried to go a different way and it was interesting. <laughs> what about you, Candace? I think that was a a big thing that drew me to wanting to do the show because you do have a script and I love a script. I love, I mean that as an actress, I love it. I want that, but it was something that was new and I knew it was going to challenge me and like Raven, I like the challenge as well. And I'm very, I'm very comfortable and confident with who I am and what I believe, but it is a whole different story to try to express that intelligently with the whole world watching and then them giving you their feedback. Not, it's not just the other four people at the table. It is the world telling you either how wonderful you are or how hated you are. And that is a whole other dynamic to try to grasp, wrap your head around, to forget about and it just comes with a whole other set of um, an emotional state that I wasn't prepared for and had to learn to and grow also, through it. Like even like to Candace and what she's making me think of right now, like she and I both grew up in an industry. This industry is very interesting. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not on the panel right now, but our minds and how we work as humans um, are a little bit different than most people just because at, you know, younger ages, we are dealing with pressures and television and things of that nature that kind of manipulate our mind and our thinking on a much different level than it would mm -hmm. if we come from politics or if we're coming from somewhere else. So this entertainment industry that we're in, I think also for me, definitely, you know, made me want to see, hey, are my thoughts like in line with other people? And ultimately it made me feel kind of alien because of where I stood in the industry for so long. But if you put me on a panel with people that are like me, they're going to be like, oh yeah, we totally get it. And then the other world is like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, oh, sorry. I grew up on a set. This is different, you know? So. Yeah. Well, one thing that's interesting about both of you, you guys were hired and the show was kind of in a transitional place. So you kind of were pitched, hey, come on this show that's been this way for decades, lighter topics. But then uh, 
the Trump presidency arrived. And I, 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 that's kind of a pivotal point where everything changed. What kind of show did you think you were joining? And when did you see that it had changed dramatically? I don't know about you, Raven, but I was literally pitched to show what you said. That was not what the view is right now and was certainly not what the view uh, was when I was on it. I was pitched a completely different direction because that was that was my hesitation. I said, politics is not it's not my bag. Like I'm this is I've never spoken publicly about politics, but I don't even come from a political family, meaning I didn't grow up speaking about politics. So they had told me we're going so much lighter. A lot more would be evergreen. We're actually only going to do four days a week live. The fifth day is going to be a pre-tape because they're evergreen topics. We want to talk more about family and sex <laughs> and life. And so I was like, absolutely, 100%. I'm on board. And then it all changed when Trump entered the race. And I don't know why my team and I didn't even think about the fact that it was an election year coming in and that was going to play a role in it. But I think we were so convinced by the executives that they were taking a completely different approach to the show. So it, it, it just changed everything. And it did go live five days a week instead of the four that they promised. And it was this incredibly fast study for me every single night, which was I, I don't know that I could have even done it had I not been living alone in New York at the time every night because I have three kids and my husband. And if I actually had my family to go home to every night, I could not have done the four to five hours of work I would do every single night once we got those hot topics to try to prepare myself in some way because half of the topics I didn't know anything about. I was not prepared to talk politics all day, every day. Sarah, I got catfished. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I just got catfished. I've never been catfished did. in my life. And um, I thought I was going on a show like Candace, where it was pop culture and fun and exciting. And I got catfished and I learned a good lesson. To if, if People are like, are you going to go back on daytime? I'm like, never, never. Because like, like Candace said, like you have, like, I don't know about politics in that way. I have my own thought process, but being in the industry, I was told don't talk about religion, politics, or any of that. It just gets you into trouble. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be amazing. This platform, yeah. we're going to start, you know, kind of elevating the age bracket of where the view is going to go. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I remember in one of the meetings, you know, somebody said, they were saying blue collar, white collar, you know, and then they, I don't know how it went exactly, but they were like, y'all don't understand. You haven't worked that hard. And I really like blew my top. And I was like, hold on, wait a second. I work just as hard as anybody in a factory and that it's just, it just looks different. And I felt so weirded out because I wasn't understanding the the politics and the the world that it was changing into. Well, I have to agree with you guys on both the politics because as a, view, a longtime viewer of the show, I loved the, the the theory of it, the platform of of women of different generations, of different walks coming from different places that are going to all kind of sit on a topic and just discuss. And so when politics came along, I, I often felt, uh, I was like, I feel a little bit of an imposter syndrome here because uh, – I care and I recognize these are important. And I often, when it matters, not in the weeds, will read up on things. I have an awareness, but I don't sit around thrashing over this stuff. You know, like it's, I, I kind of leave it in the daytime and then I'm at home. Even before I had kids, I had chihuahuas. I mean, like demanding life. So I, I always had a delineation. So when I started to do this, I'd have to be reminded, no, no, and this is true because as a viewer watching you two, I actually want to know what Raven and Candace have to say about these issues, but I had a hard time seeing that for myself because I was like, no one needs to know my opinion about whether we should pull out of Afghanistan. You know, like I'm not an expert <laughs> people. We've got to get a grown up in here. Someone's got to show. So I yep. often feel that same pressure of these seats have been filled by such amazing, powerful, strong, intelligent women. And there, when it comes to politics, I'm like, it, 
it's so hard because sometimes you don't even have a clear voice on a topic. There are times where I sit here and I say, I, I prepared, I read. I can tell you now, I don't have a strong opinion on this story. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to go to me? <laughs> so, yeah, totally. Now, I, like even even today. Oh, sorry, 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 Sarah. Even no, today, no, 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 no. Please, it because after the view, you know, I, I learned how to appreciate politics. I guess you can say mm-hmm. because before that, you know, I was like, "Yay, Democrat," and I didn't know what I was saying. And even today, when people ask me about these political topics, I go, first of all. It changes so fast yeah. and everybody's view is so different and it's hard to stick with one or the other because it is, it is a thing. It's like, I, even today, you don't know the truth in the political world because there's so many smoke screens and it's like, yeah. I'm not the type of person to, this is my stance because my stance is, I don't think they're telling me the whole truth in the first place. So I can't even sit here. So it is just a juggling game and I hate being in that position because that's not where I feel most comfortable. So even, you know, that's that's my two cents. Well, taking you specifically, both of you, back a little more to when the Trump presidency started and you, you know, like the show was changing. Candace, you were on the um, the primetime election night special, which I was also um, on. Do you remember that night? Like, what do you remember about that? (laughs) I remember Joy having a breakdown. Yep, Black Veil. Joy just having, like, a few drinks, freaking out. This is not going to happen. I mean, every time during commercial break, she was like in tears. I mean, just freaking out. And <laughs> she's the one I remember most. And I remember throughout the evening, everyone's face, the crew, the everyone just dropping and dropping and dropping. And I remember there were there were comedians that were coming out. There were other <laughs> guests that we had on during the show. And it was all, you know. Just not very no funny. Thinking, like the- yeah, it, it was just, yeah, it was all playing to um, the fact that Donald Trump would not win. Yeah. And so the jokes didn't, weren't funny oh. anymore because he was winning. And it, I, yeah. And then I just remember the tears of so many people <laughs> after it was happening. And I was just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. I'm, I kind of just don't want to say anything because I have a whole different opinion than most people in this room. And yet I have empathy and compassion. It sucks when your party doesn't win. And, but that goes, that goes both ways. Every four years, we all deal with it. You know, it's a, it's it's going to be a scary time for us, I believe, right now in this country. But, you know, what can we what can I say? I'm disappointed that things are not going the way I wanted them to go. But as I said before, I'll be on his case uh, with 30 seconds left to go. Um, Trump, ABC Trump's News not, is Trump. Now. What did you just say to me in my ear? Yes. ABC News is projected. Oh, boy. Trump. He took Florida, Florida. But it was it was such a bizarre night. Well, it kind of speaks to what Raven was saying when she said politics changes so fast and I never think I'm being told the truth. I think the more pressing mm-hmm. issue in that room, aside from Joy Behar fully feeling it on so many personal <laughs> levels with a black veil, um, I think what you were seeing in that room was more the shock we all had, probably including yourself, mm-hmm. that we yeah. weren't told that would happen. So it was more like yep. take out the politics. We're looking around and I remember Juju Chang a couple times going, no, 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 this is this is it. Mm-hmm. And you're like... Yep. Where are we yeah. right now? And I remember yes. no one was drinking. Well, Joy was, but there was a bartender and they're like, they're going to be drinks. And we get on. I was like, this is going to be so fun. And I start drinking and then I realize people were using them as props. And I'm like, see, no, like this is I'm going to have to drink this. And then the more nervous everyone got and the more real it was becoming, I was taking yeah. other people's drinks. And I was like, this part is going <laughs> south. I yeah. don't know what to do. <laughs> and And from my point of view, that's what was odd, too, is that. I was completely prepared that my party wasn't going to win. So, right. so you were a surprise. So for me, I was just a surprise going like I I I don't I don't know how to react to this because yes. I it was not in the cards for me. I just was prepared to go I'm going to have a hard night and put on the black a happy veil face or something. <laughs> yes. And I will deal with that. So it was it was just a weird night, that whole uh, weird. Now, Raven, you went to Canada right before the election. Were you trying to? I should have stayed. 
did what everyone said they'd do after the election. I'm going to move to Canada. And Raven goes before, just in case. Exactly. I had the best experience in Canada. It was, it was everything I could have hoped for. You know, that whole four year moment of our lives was interesting because before it led up to it, I was definitely one of those people in the room who was like, we keep giving this man, you know, airtime. Like we're feeding into exactly what he wanted. We got him elected, um, whether you wanted him to get elected or not, because it just was entertainment. And his, you know, the way he did certain things really scared me. But at the same time, I believe that the government will run with no matter who's in control. But we don't talk about that. Um, And I feel like going to Canada (laughs) was the best thing I could have done for myself. I actually was so excited. They didn't ask me to go to what y'all went to. (laughs) I was like, I wouldn't survive in that area. Send me to Chuck E. Cheese, honey. I need a pizza. So um, I got to taste some great poutine. I saw what they were going through. It was so good. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Me and Summer had a great time. <laughs> um, no, but Candace, when we when we look at like the roles people play coming to this show, you know, uh, as you said, when you talked about the bait and switch of what show you were offered, you were coming here with family in mind. You're a, a very proud, outspoken Christian woman. You you tend to I was going to say tend, but I'm like, you're conservative. You're you're. Mm-hmm. And did you feel that was your um, flag to carry? Did you feel you represented everyone that kind of fell under that banner? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I, and I think more the Christian voice than the conservative voice in the sense of politics, because again, I'm not comfortable talking about politics. I am not nearly as um, wise as people that study politics all day long. So I could, so I felt some responsibility, but, but not as a Republican in that sense. Right. But as just a conservative Christian woman, I mean, my faith is something that's very, very easy to talk about. So I did feel a responsibility a hundred percent. And yeah, there were lots of times where I would be calling other uh, influential Christians to to help me navigate how to talk through some things because, you know, just like with anything, there's a way you can, you're always going to piss someone off, no matter right. what. Even the people that are within your community, you're going right. to piss someone off. And it's just hard. So, you know, you, you, get, you get help where you can, you take the advice, you throw some away. And I, it, but yes, there's an enormous pressure to represent your community well. And speaking of that, at least Raven, I think, you... but I'm a, I'm a, sorry, I'm a, also a people pleaser. And I think that's yeah. a part of growing up in the entertainment industry. Uh, you, you've been trained to do what's right and please people. So it becomes difficult to be able, at least for me, to stand on your own and take it and allow people to be mad at you and hate you. That's been a hard lesson to learn. And sometimes, not sometimes, I mean, a lot of times I look at Raven and I'm just like, I wish I had the guts that you had. It's, I, I just, because sometimes I feel like you genuinely don't care what other people think. And like my husband, I don't ge- I genuinely, genuinely don't care. doesn't care what people think. And I'm like, that that's not me. I don't know if I could ever be that person, but I appreciate it so much. Well, Candace, it's funny because I relate more. Um, so I'm very different from the two of you. I'm a regular Joe that came to this show, but I feel some of those pressures. I sometimes can't fathom what you two must have felt in the fact that when I've I've um I worked side by side with Kiki Palmer and learned a lot about children, young performers. And the more I learned about her story, the deeper respect I had retrospectively for both of you, because as I watched her recognize that you start young, there's a lot of pressure on on you guys. And you you guys are almost financially independent at at ridiculous ages. I had a paper out. I, I don't understand. So when you see that you guys also had to come of age in recognizing what this business did to you or used you for and the people that used you along the way, not all in a negative way, but there were hands at play. Then you have to become yourself 
in that process way before you get to the view. You have to kind of come to terms with who you are in a business way before most of us are exposed to business or responsibility. And this business is unique. Um, so when I see that you guys were standing out there boldly representing communities, like you said, you guys are also usually people that we look to to smile with because we're checking out, we're watching your shows. We love you. So mm-hmm. I find cri- criticism and I do care and it bothers me. You guys had it even more monumentally so because everyone thought they knew you and you normally didn't upset them. So like you guys had it tenfold. Dude, did you did you sign the petition that wanted to get me fired off the view because of some some things that I said? Like there was a petition going around the internet. Take Raven off the view. It was hilarious. I laughed. If you don't have a petition, you were never really a host. So we've all had petitions. (laughs) Just less people signed mine because they were like, Sarah, who? Oh Who did God, you feel that pressure to represent? Like when we hear of Candace, we can kind of see that she had what she was carrying on her shoulders. Who did you feel that pressure from? Personally, the pressure that I accepted was for who I was as a person. Outwardly, the pressure I felt was the LGBTQ plus community because I was the only one on the panel with that label. And I am not a fan of holding an entire community on my shoulders because, again, there's too many, like Candace said, you, you know, (laughs) even in your own community, people will get mad at you. So I really didn't like that. And so on an everyday basis, I knew what I was there for to represent that slice of life. But I when I was speaking, I blacked that part out because I know that it would inhibit me from being myself. And I knew that it would inhibit me from actually speaking my truth because I'm worried about other people's. Yes, verbiage is important. Yes, respect for my community is important. And when I feel like it's getting, you know, a little dodgy, I'm going to stand up for it on or off camera. But, you know, I think subconsciously, maybe, possibly, and I'm not saying this is true, but, you know, it could be where the show and the people in charge wanted me to hold up that banner a little bit more than I might have done personally. Knowing that and knowing the person I am, I just didn't do it at all. (laughs) I'm just like, you're not going to conform me. I've been there. I know what that feels like. Because like you said, Sarah, I started at the age of three years old. I'm 35 years old. I just started picking my own clothes out at 29 when it came to a photo shoot. I just started making my own decisions in some other areas, not because of anything other than I'm used to a way of life and the many people at hand. And yes, I have been used my entire life for other people's enjoyment, to entertain others and things of that nature. Today's podcast is brought to you by Shopify. Ready to make the smartest choice for your business? Say hello to Shopify, the global commerce platform that makes selling a breeze. Whether you're starting your online shop, opening your first physical store, or hitting a million orders, Shopify is your growth partner. Sell everywhere with Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. Turn browsers into buyers with Shopify's best converting checkout, 36% better than other platforms. Effortlessly sell more with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Did you know Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and supports global brands like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen? Join millions of successful entrepreneurs across 175 countries backed by Shopify's extensive support and help resources. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Start your success story today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view. Put it all in lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view. This is Sunny Hostin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform 
with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. What was the hardest part of doing this job at The View? The hardest part of this job for me, there's actually a, a list. and I'm not going to go into each one. Um, managing emotional human beings. Um, keeping up with the, with the time schedule of topics I could care less about. And... Managing the stress and high school actions that happens sometimes when you put a lot of smart people, men or women, in the same room and say, hey, everybody, you guys are all celebrities. Go be famous on stage. But then you kind of have to know where you stand. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Candace. Mm -hmm. It's like just managing all that when I'm used to being forefront and center and number one and then playing in a community, but mostly the stress. I, I am right there a hundred percent with you on every answer that you said this, the stress and the anxiety. I actually have a pit in my stomach right now because I can, there was only one type of stress that I've ever felt in my life that came from that show. And I, I PTSD, like I can feel it. It was it was so difficult, and the, the to manage that emotional stress was very very hard. And then on top of it, same thing, just the topics, just trying to understand and have a general grasp of topics of of topics that I didn't want to talk about or didn't care about. Right. And um, I mean, that was it. That that was the hardest. Those those two were the hardest parts of the job. Well, I hate, I know what that feels like when you have an associated like visceral reaction. So I hate that you're feeling that, but I'm going to dig one step deeper. You've said that there Thanks, were, <laughs> but in the same breath, <laughs> let's go there. So, um, <laughs> I love therapy. Let's do more together. Know, Come right? on. Well. <laughs> so you've said that there were times, and this breaks my heart, I, that you, there were times you were crying in your dressing room before the show. And I know that Whoopi helped there were you just through those times there. Were, it was like almost every day. Okay. I was bringing that back. So you didn't remember it so much, but, um, <laughs> so tell us a little more about that. I know Whoopi helped you a lot, but, um, mm -hmm. that's, that's so sad with everything else you're carrying to know that was again, it, that pit in your stomach. Um, you know, that's what it was. You, again, you feel a pressure to re represent or I felt a pressure to represent my community. Well, you know, on top of it, a lot of it was just the fact that I was tired. I was flying back and forth every week to L.A. And we all know it's just you're you turn back into a little kid. If you don't get enough sleep, yeah. you're going to be emotional about everything, even if it's not something to be emotional about. And it just took its toll. My my the schedule took its toll on my body, which affected my emotional health. 
And then when I felt like I was going into a show that I didn't have a clear opinion about, or it was something that I was legitimately nervous to talk about because I did have an opinion about it, but I knew I was going to be the only one at the table that had my opinion, I would just get sick to my stomach. And I hated that feeling. And then I'm like, I don't know who's going to come at me. And I was also told, and not in a mean, because nobody came at me in a mean way. I mean, to me, I felt like everyone had their opinion, but was respectful for the most part. Like I, I didn't feel that way, but I was also told so many times, if someone comes at you with a different opinion, you have to go back a second time. You can't, I just, I want to share my opinion. I want to listen to yours. And then I want to back off. But I was always told by the producers, nope, if, if Joy says something, if Whoopi says something, if Raven says something, you got to go back another time. And I didn't like that part. So the thought of it knowing on these heavier topics where I did have a clear view, I was going to have to speak up more and more to try to prove my point. It just isn't, it isn't who I want to be. And it's not that I couldn't do it. I just don't feel like conversations are their healthiest when they're done that way. And when you're forced to make it competitive. And so that would make me sick to my stomach as well. So, so many mornings I would just be crying before the show and you know, thank goodness for some of the producers that I absolutely loved, you know, Brian Teta and, and, and Robin, they were like, I know they were just, they were angels to me. And they always, they helped me so much and calmed me down. But on those super big moments, listen, Whoopi is Whoopi because Whoopi knows and Whoopi, Whoopi, Whoopi is who she is because on those big times she knew, listen, I have a show this, I have a show to do. And one of my hosts is having a breakdown. So she knew when to step in when it was her responsibility of being that leader on the show. And that's why she's as good as she is. I mean, for other reasons too. But so Whoopi came in a handful of times, but it was those really heavy times where she, she became mama bear and was like, I will, I will help you and I'll carry you through, which gave me so much comfort and I felt secure knowing she would protect me and not come at me if there was a difference of opinion. She very much knows how to walk that line and care for you even when you don't have the same opinion. And that's why she's golden. It's interesting though, Candace, because like when I think of presenting views, when I look at this show, it still has moments where it lives this what I'm what I'm about to say. But it, I thought it was always about like sharing what you thought and then maybe people inquiring like but what about this or sometimes it's gotten to the point that when you say like you have to push back I don't feel a need to defend or convert someone to what I think it's like Mm -hmm. I'm not looking here like lovely if you change a harder mind because they're like wait I kind of feel that same way but I'm not going to use my claws to get there like Mm -mm. this is me I know you're coming for me but I don't need to come for you like I'm good you know, and yeah. there's also that sense of debate that I just never got as a child. I I was never good with conflict. And I felt the same thing you did, Candace and Sarah, when it comes to having to defend one's own thought process. It's like, no, I don't really need to do that because I'm not going to convert anybody in this 20 seconds that I have. Only thing that it's going to bring is discomfort to my body. And I did want to say this too, Candace. I think you made a great point of, and I'm going to say it in my own way, of the only reason I really got through a lot of the stuff that I did get through was because of Whoopi and the producers as well. There is something amazing about behind the scenes of The View that kind of puts the salve over all the BS that's going on on camera mm-hmm. that made it tolerable to stay as long as we did. And I, and I have to say, and give it up to give it up to Whoopi because it takes a very strong woman, very clear headed to be in that captain seat. And I can see why she's been there for so long. She makes everybody feel welcome. She lets everybody take the time. And what really hurts me is when she has, she has to take on that role all the time. We don't know the pressures that she's going on. And I don't think she gets enough credit for what she actually does in managing a table full of estrogen and testosterone filled women and their and their <laughs> egos. She is amazing when it comes to that. And uh, mm-hmm. I just wanted to double down on that because she's awesome. 
No, I, w- I would say that anyone Agreed. that's been in the, the world of Whoopi, uh, she's the North Star. And it's not just in title. Like, one, she's she's Whoopi. How many of she's us Whoopi. go by one name? I mean, Raven, you do too. But um, <laughs> to have her be the moderator and to be Whoopi, but then that behind the scenes, there is a magical part. And I, I will include the producers. Brian Tedda makes me say his name whenever I do an interview. So Brian, <laughs> Brian Tedda is so you. amazing. You know I, love I love you so much, Brian, Brian Tedda. Okay, that's all the script I have here. So, um, but I know you guys both spoke so highly of Whoopi. I share those affections. But were there any other really close relationships you had with other co-hosts? Oh my goodness, Michelle, that was my girl. Oh, she's hilarious. When she had to go, I was like, that's my girl. Sarah, you brought me joy every day seeing your face, smilesies, <laughs> and her pregnant belly. I just wanted to rub on Buddha all day. I love um, that. <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, again, all the producers behind the scenes. And um, I enjoyed it when Candace came on because I did have someone that understood the industry like I did. Um, you know, I was there when, oh my goodness, Rosie was a, was a journey. Um, Nicole was amazing. Um, Christella was on there when I was on there. So that oh. was a cool little moment to have with her. There's been so many women in and out of that seat. And even meeting when we got to do the Hollywood, I mean, the Halloween episode and seeing older castmates come in and knowing that it's just, wow, there's so many women that have been a part of this series. We are in a cool lineage for sure. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Candace? I, I'm still very close with Paula Ferris. Yes. Like very close. Kate. We talk all the time and um, I just love Paula. So that was a really really great friendship that came out of the show as well as, you know, keeping in touch with everyone. Like Sarah, we're Facebook friends and we keep in yes. touch and we do this. Well, and I stalk your family. That's we all. see you on Instagram. <laughs> it's like, I'm not talking to you guys every day, but I feel like, you know, there's just a closeness that we'll always have. Yeah. And, um, and, and then, yeah, Brian Tedda is probably like the second closest friendship out of that show aside from Paula. Well, when Brian talks, our jokes are the same. So like maybe I'm, I'm, this might be a false equation, but like you two get each other coming from the lives you came from. And there's a lot of like, oh, you get it. I don't even have to explain this. I feel like Brian and I would have been friends in high school. Every joke we make, everything like and when I get a laugh from him, I'll go home and I'm like, Max, so I told this funny joke today. And like Brian laughed and like I get so excited. <laughs> I really don't want him to hear this. His ego will grow. But I, I I, totally get that. And I love Robin. And the other thing is, when you guys keep referring to the producers, one thing I fell in love with when I got here is I, although the massive pit in the gut and everything, that, that time on air is what this job is about and, you know, all that comes with it. I fell in love with everything underneath the surface. This show, the reason people don't leave it is you never get to see scenes. some of the best people the show has to offer they're all the behind the Mm -hmm. scenes people Mm -hmm. and they've been here so many of them for so many years and Mm -hmm. I just I'm like beyond the sorority of women that we've all become a part of this legacy which is so impressive to be here with this staff and this show like it's golden yeah I remember when I left I was like I want to say goodbye to all my men in black because the crew you hugged everyone I love everyone on that set and I will visit the view for the behind the scenes people yep. when I go back. I'm like, oh, good luck to all the ladies. OK, where are my people at? Like, where's the real family that yep. keeps the show running, that keeps the show together, that keeps my heart going? OK, just calm down. You want to do well for Summer. You want to do well for Brian and all of these people and, and Robin. Like, it is a fantastic community behind the scenes that makes Mm -hmm. things easier and um, again just like every show in this industry they don't get enough credit you don't get to see their Mm -hmm. faces as much as you should you know it's always Mm -hmm. the celebrity that gets it and you know that person can take it either way those damn celebrities i can't stand a celebrity they're so ridiculous but it's it's the producers that produce them that make the show listen everything well let me just add to the list because between um, hair and makeup, which I still keep yep. in touch with everyone. Uh, yes, Karen yes. Karen. Um, Karen. Yeah, Karen's so great. Everyone's so pet. great. And the the all the assistant directors, like the first ADs, the stage managers, yep. to the security guards, every time I'm in New York, I'm like, I just walk by so I can go yes. say hi to security because they are awesome. 
They are. You guys will love this line then. Imagine the bait and switch of coming back during a pandemic. So I'm thinking all these magical things. Like I get to come back and all my people. They're like, no, you get to do the hard part of the job. You know, the hour on TV. And we're going to give you two people from the staff, one crew member. And um, enjoy. I'm like, the best part of the show is everything else. Like why? I just have yeah. to do the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I also want to ask you guys, you guys... Was there anything that you remember, like a moment or a funny moment? Um, what was the best part, the funniest part of being here at the show? What I, of course, you? loved all the fun stuff on the show. That I had. Yeah, anytime I could laugh and have fun. My 40th birthday was really special because they had one of my favorite bands come for King Country. And then my daughter sang on stage with oh, them. So I remember that was that. like a huge highlight day. Aside from all these videos with people saying hello, like, like Sally Field, they had her on. To, I mean, that was just, that was special what they did. Yeah. And Candace, my I, other, I, what? I, yes, they, they, I had the best birthday party ever too. It was fantastic. I forgot about it. And you said it. Okay, sorry, keep going. I forgot my brother. Yeah, birthday. yours was all like Janet, right? Yeah, I know that's weird, but it was fantastic. I'm sorry, Candace. I can't believe I forgot. About it. it was the best. My They yeah. did a better job than my mama did. Okay, keep going. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, the birthdays were incredible. And then my other favorite, which is like, this is basically Fuller House or Full House. I loved Halloween and I got to fly as Tinkerbell. I mean, literally, my favorite day on the show was being Tinkerbell and flying down. <laughs> Wait, so many things. We got to shout out Jamie Hammer because she probably made all those birthdays happen. <sighs> Yes. She is a magical you. queen. Yes. You're the yes. They brought Tiffany for me and I was like, Debbie Gibson came on a video and I was like, that is so cool. That's Debbie. <laughs> Tiffany. And like, she comes I mean, they don't yes. know how to do anything, but kill it. And those yeah, life yeah. moments go way beyond anything. Like I've, uh, oftentimes I get emotional when I think back to those special moments, like Natasha singing, your Janet Jackson, Tiffany, the moments where they bring back someone we love or a video clip. You're like, what you gave me here, I can't, I don't have words to express because this was yeah. a life moment yeah. I won't forget. Now, is there anything that you guys would regret or take back about your time here at The View? I definitely said some things that I did not explain properly within the time allotted. Um, you mean 20 seconds? The petition. Oh, I have 20 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Here. No, no, no. no I mean, 20 like, seconds. it's so hard to like, yeah. of course, you're not going to be able to explain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, within my 20 seconds. Um, and another thing I probably would take back, <laughs> this is so rude, but I probably wouldn't say yes to being a permanent chair <laughs> at the time that I did, Fair. because I really did want to be on that show and talk about topics that I'm good at and know yeah. about and really succeed in a positive way. I'm not used to flopping. I'm not used to failing. And I feel like a little bit of a fail because of it, but it wasn't my fault, which made it even worse. So um, I probably would have guest starred a little bit longer to see where that trend was going to go before I, you know, signed the dotted line. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's fair. That, that is so fair. Um, I don't know that I regret anything, honestly. I feel like there were so many wonderful takeaways from the show that as difficult as that job was, I'm very, very grateful for it. And, you know, my opinion is my opinion. And maybe sometimes I said things better or worse on one day or another. But I don't regret anything in that way. And I just feel like the the great things that came from that show, just in the sense of my confidence really grew from doing that show, even though in at the moment it suffered greatly. Yeah. But I felt like after walking away, if I can do that, I can do anything. And that okay. is something said, I mean, for itself, that, that that says a lot. So I don't regret anything. I wouldn't take anything back. Now, I want to talk about you each deciding to leave the show. Uh, what went into that decision and why you left? I, I, I know the answer to both of these, but I mean, I want you to explain that. First, Candace. Oh, Candace. So I'll go first. Um, I 
which I had explained on the show, I was doing Fuller House at the time. I was also doing my Hallmark movies and my Hallmark mystery series. I I was actually on four. I had four network contracts at the time I was doing The View. I was on Netflix, ABC, Hallmark Channel, and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Channel. And so it was a lot, and I couldn't manage it all because I was going out of my mind, flying back and forth. But because of the emotional um, state of mind, The View by far was the toughest job. And as soon as Donald Trump won that election, I was like, this, is, this has got to go because I could not, I did not want to be the punching bag for the next four years in that conservative seat. I just didn't want to. And it wasn't worth it to me. It, it wasn't worth my mental health. Right. And it, which was already suffering. So it was a very e- easy decision and thinking if I have to walk away from one of these contracts, it's going to be the view. So I well, did. So I did. You're literally a family first person. One of the most beautiful qualities about you when people get to know you is you know what matters in life and you hold on to that so tightly. I remember meeting you and you were going back and forth and I said, how do you do that? Because with all the struggles of this job, like those are your people. That's who comforts you. That's who loves you Mm -hmm. no matter what. When you don't say it right, they they hold you, you know, that's your your husband, your partner, your best friend and then your kids. And I thought, "I, I get what you said about like, I don't know if I could do it with all the prep and going home. But that also took away everything we do it for, which is everything that's not Mm -hmm. here. And so I was like, you're like taking on a lot and you have no support. What are, how are you doing this? And so beyond the contracts, I couldn't fathom or comprehend how you were doing the schedule. So um, that makes total sense. I will say like, shout out to my husband because I don't know how he did it. He was at home with the three kids. And doing his thing and then trying to to support me mentally from across the other coast. Like he was just he had his superhero cape on doing the best that he could. And as much as I can talk about the show taking its toll on me, it took a toll on my family and my husband greatly. But that speaks volumes about your husband. I love you. It speaks volumes about your husband and, and your, your kids that, you know, the best people for us often, often won't clip our wings. And he didn't clip your wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Raven, now tell us. Talk to us, girl. About? About when you left the show, your decision to leave the show. Oh. You guys both had such cool reasons to leave the show, too, aside from the weight a- of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got, I got lucky. Um, Disney decided to reboot the character Raven Baxter in a new show called Raven's Home. Um, and it's funny because like I said before The View, I was retired. I didn't really want to be on television anymore. I got my AA actually during The View of fine art and I was like ready to go back. And because of the amazingness of The View, um, my face got out there again and, you know, doors started knocking. Doors started knocking? People started knocking. Wow, those are cool doors, Raven. I know, <laughs> <laughs> right? The doors knock. What are you taking? Um, <laughs> so, uh, but I was able to go back into that position. But even still, not that I wanted to be an actor, I got a chance to grow my title and executive produce and I started wow. directing. So I think that, Ultimately, what happened was because of the view, I was able to transition out of, you know, a world that I had been in for the last 30 something years. And now I'm directing and I'm producing and I'm going into that category. So my face is on screen as much anymore, which brought me so much joy. Um, And yeah, I was I was okay to leave. I miss all my peeps, but I had a good reason to. And that's one of the things, you know, a lot of you you hear some words about the view. It's like it's a graveyard. I've heard that when I come in, like you're, you know, but then at the same time, there's a lot of people whose career gets boosted because of it as well. So there's such an interesting ebb and flow of what your career can do. It's like, it's like the original dancing with the stars. You know what I mean? It's like like verbal dancing that (laughs) It helps a career if necessary. And the judges are on Twitter and they let you know what's what. It is so true though. But as far as like what, what to what shows can do for you if there were two things aside from full house 
But yeah. if there were two shows that really changed the trajectory of my career, that brought me um, a an awareness or to the world, those two shows would be Dancing with the Stars. I mean, everything took off after the show, which is what actually prompted The View. <laughs> and then The View, because yeah. then you're on TV every single day. So I am I'm so grateful to Dancing with the Stars and The View for those those reasons, because it has not only grown my career, but allowed me to do the things that I may not have had the opportunity to do, like Raven, like direct and executive produce. We just it 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 changed the game in terms of people viewing me and us, yeah. Raven, mm -hmm. as not just child stars. Exactly. What it, we it we are so, intelligent women that have a lot more to offer this entertainment industry than just our pretty faces. But that's interesting because like, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> you always, you guys always knew you could do this, and you were layered. But you're right; that did forecast for other people in this business to say, "Oh no, they're also bosses." Like. Yeah. You're there, but you're a boss. And I think that's so cool. Now, I'll, this will be my last question because I know I'm sucking a lot of time out of your days. Okay, so <laughs> what is the one question that people still ask you today about being a co-host of The View? Will I do it again? And will I be on any other panel? That was, that's always a question. It's like nobody wanted me on it when I was on it. And now that I'm gone, they miss me. It's hilarious. That's the one question. Well, there's no truth to nobody wanted you on it. That's the that's those loud True. Twitter judges. Yeah. That's that's different than reality. Yeah, you're right. Twitter. But I know what you Twitter mean. Twitter judges. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter. And they're trolls. It's fine. Okay. And Candace, <laughs> what about you? Everyone asks me, is it really hard to sit in that conservative seat? How hard is it? Did everyone hate you? To which the answer is no. Of I don't think any, any of you hated me. No, <laughs> I don't feel no, like no, that. No. But everyone wants to know. They all want the inside scoop. Like, were there cat fights behind the scenes? And I think just because I was the conservative one, but I'm like, no, it was all good. It's not as crazy as you guys think. It was crazier in my head than it was on stage or behind. It's always no, crazier no, that, in our heads. I too real. get therapy. That crazy was so, real, yeah, that's which that crazy was real. It was not in your head, sweetheart. It was real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. There is there. a monster under the bed. No, but <laughs> it's kind of like when people ask about the show. The number one thing it's interesting because they want to know about what goes on behind the scenes. If there are cat fights, if they're that, what they don't get is some of the best happens behind the scenes, excuse my mm -hmm. lack of uh, smart words. Uh, but the the interactions, the, the life moments, I remember mm -hmm. you, um, Raven, you used to doodle for me when you were in school and I'd ask for a drawing and you were in drawing class and you doodle and like the conversations about your kids and what's going on, Natasha's career. I remember always asking you like, how's it going? What's going on? Like there's a genuine love and respect that sometimes gets betrayed by the media narrative that I always want to say, you guys only see us for like a minute. There's an iceberg under here of amazingness, whether it's host, mm -hmm. co-host interaction or producers and and crew. And there's so much, the best parts of the show, I don't think make it to the show. I think there does need to be a better balance of communal female acceptance of each yep. other mm -hmm. on Agreed. camera to balance out the stress and agitation yes. when combating conservative to non-conservative. You know what I mean? Like there needs yep. to be a better balance on the show so that you can see different layers Agreed. of females, honestly. I do think that the ultimate version would be exactly what Raven said, is that we could all sit around and have a discussion yep. and just actually talk. Yeah. And showcase that like diversity isn't just political diversity. So often we talk about the conservative seat. Well, if you've been a fan of this show, if you've watched it at its best, there's a lot of differences of opinion in about every topic you have. Like mm -hmm. you could fall in the same political line and disagree extremely on a family issue, a, a traditional role in marriage or this or that. There's a lot of things to kind of, there's a lot of meat there to dig into. And I sometimes yeah. wish the, the they showcased more of that where the sisterhood breaks not on the lines you'd think or are magnified out there, but mm -hmm. the ones that actually happen in real life. 
You guys, I love you. I really do love you. I was so lucky when I got to do this interview. I said, you're giving me Candace Ann Raven. Shut up. But I just want to congratulate you on all of your accolades, um, on everything that I see you doing and just really shining bright and keeping a very positive vibration in all that you do. You don't sink low. And I appreciate that from you. And I always have from, you know, all of your endeavors outside of the view. It brings me joy to see you succeed. And same to you, Candice, all of your success throughout. It's so pleasurable to know that we've gone through this hurricane Mm -hmm. of a journey together and we can all come out on top and praise each other and have respect for one another. So I love you, Sarah. Love you, Candice, and all those crazy ladies over there. Joy. I see you, Joy. (laughs) I I love you, Joy, too. (laughs) Sarah, I love you. Raven, I love you too. And I love, I, 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 the same sentiments back. I just love rooting both of you on. And I do, whether you see it or not, even if it's just on Instagram, I'm like, I love rooting you guys on. And um, I'm proud of all of us, just as women, women in the industry. And we're all, we're all making our mark. And that's special to all the people around us and within our communities. And that's yeah. what we all need to be doing. And and supporting each other in that way. So love you guys. Love you. Thank you. Next week on Behind the Table, Joy talks to Debbie Matinopoulos about their time on the show. Our chemistry was undeniable. Yeah. We were the OGs. There's a reason Barbara sat down with us at that at the Essex house and said, no, this is the group. Because we weren't faking it. Right. It wasn't BS. We legitimately enjoyed each other's company. Yeah. And we would pick on each other in a way that was still friendly and not hateful. And we, we were like, you know, like sisters, like a family. All that and more next week. Behind the Table is produced by Nathan Getty and Summer Shake. Executive produced by Brian Tetta. Booking was overseen by Todd Polks. The executive producer of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi. Special thanks to Josh Cohan, Brenda Salinas-Baker, Trevor Hastings, David Toledo, Elizabeth Russo, Lori Hogan, Stacia DeShishku, Molly Kessler, and Ashley Havens. 